Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. And our top story today, a new tool detects whether artificial intelligence wrote a student's essay. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Tom Tarski is the founder of ChatGPT Plagiarism. Well, Tomer, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thanks for having me. All right. I want to talk about, uh, before we get into chat, uh, GPT, and this is a, a very popular topic here in the States and internationally, um, I want to talk about the power of artificial intelligence. And, and from your perspective, you're a developer, you're a programmer, you're really schooled in this stuff. How, how, how powerful is what is called AI? Well, it's very powerful. Uh, it's been powerful for a while, but we're really seeing the application of it now. Um, it's starting to replace a lot of jobs, a lot of lower level jobs. I think OpenAI just made a statement saying their goal is to replace all lower level developers. And I've seen it even when I'm developing myself, I'm starting to use ChatGPT and uh, it, can, it, it can do insane things that AI can, you know, now we're seeing it can write blogs for people, it can write content, it can make contracts, it can look at a contract and say, you know, what's wrong in this contract. So it's, it's very, it's, it's insane what it can do. It can do, uh, it's very powerful. Yeah, it, so, it sounds like it. And, and, but we're, are we at the level where it's um, sentient? Like, you know, you've seen the Terminator movies. I think people are always afraid that next thing you know, we're going to have, you know, get to the chopper. It's going to be the Terminator. I mean, are we at that point where this is a living, breathing technology where the, the artificial intelligence thinks for itself and is similar to a human? Uh, no, we're not at that point yet, but a lot of people are worried uh, we're going to get there. Um, that's more of a question of taking the software of AI, like ChatGPT, you know, other forms of AI, and putting it into a hardware of like a robot. You know, now we're getting more into kind of sci-fi and, and the Terminator, like you said, stuff like that. But it's interesting to think about. I don't think we're there yet. I think more the concern right now is uh, these language models being trained on what the people who invent them want them to believe and act like for, you know, for example, if someone has certain political views and they create this language model that people are using, they can program it to, you know, give results based on its own beliefs. For example, if I were to ask a question to ChatGPT on um, not even ChatGPT, just any language model, you know, what, um, you know, what do you think about this politician or is this politician a good candidate? You know, it might spit out an answer based on the creator's belief of that politician. I think that's more the worry of uh, where AI is right now. Um, okay. And also, yeah, just well, that. And also, yeah. Finish your thought. I interrupted you. My apologies. You know, oh, good. You know, other things like I talked about it before, like job replacements, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about, you know, right now, everyone's scared of inflation, you know, inflation's kind of the buzzword. Everyone's hearing about it. I actually think in the future, deflation is going to be a big problem with technology. I think a lot of people aren't going to have jobs because of uh, AI and it's going to be replacing a lot of jobs, like I said. And, you know, people are going to be out of work and deflation, I think, in maybe 50 to 100 years is going to be the new trendy word that people are scared of. Really interesting insight. I just remembered, uh, just realized that I, I was quoting the Predator, not the Terminator, because he said in the Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger said, get to the chopper. All right, let's talk about plagiarism. And I was, I, I've been reading, I read um, the announcement about your site, but I'm just curious if you can talk a little bit about, are people actually cheating on exams or cheating 
to write, getting, getting this technology to actually write an essay. Like if, if I'm doing an essay for school on Martin Luther King, I just right. have to go to this and say, write something on Martin Luther King and it'll just spit out a three to five page essay. Is that how that works? Yeah, that's exactly how it works. People are using it a lot. Um, I actually have friends that might get mad at me for saying this, but I have friends who are in university who have openly admitted to me that they're using it for their assignments. And that's kind of how I came up with the idea. I've been following OpenAI for a while now, since 2016. I was, you know, right there when ChatGPT came out. And, you know, the first day it came out, I was, uh, you know, playing around with it, you know, inputting different topics. And I right away saw it can do so many amazing things that can, uh, you know, like I said, write content, contracts, all of this. And my uh, brother, who's in uh, high school, he told me, he's like, I have friends who are asking you to like write essays. And I was like, wow, really? And I put in, you know, write an essay about whatever topic. And it did. It wrote a very high quality, you know, to me, it looked like an A paper, like a perfect essay. <laughs> so I thought ahead while, while everyone was thinking, you know, I can use this to, you know, take over, you know, the content for my business. I can write blogs about myself. I can write a book. I thought to myself, okay, students are going to be using this to write essays, no question. And I want to, you know, as a developer, as a full stack developer, I want to solve the problem of helping teachers catch instances of plagiarism through AI. And I was able to do it. It was it was uh, challenging to to figure it out, but I eventually I was able to do it. And you know, right now I'm writing a case study about all the schools we're in, and uh, you know, we're finding in some schools over 90% of the students have been caught using chat GPT for plagiarism in at least one class, you know, thanks to my software teachers are able to, you know, actually catch that and get a grip around it. Oh boy. Uh, last question before we go to a commercial break. I mean, how, how can you tell um, if I'm just forgetting uh, your software for a second, but I'm imagining that this technology can also write news articles. It can right. write blog posts. So how, how can you tell um, whether or not something is, written by artificial intelligence are there telltale signs without giving away your secret sauce but are there telltale signs that it's written by something inhuman i guess right well i'm actually happy to talk about a little bit how you know uh, my software works there's some telltale signs for example ai language models are a little bit more analytical than humans you know if i'm writing a paper about you know any topic I might use the words like or as more, I might use more metaphors, where language models don't really do that. They kind of just give you the description of what they're talking about. And, you know, teachers have been using that as some sort of indicator as to, you know, maybe this was written by AI or not. And there are either, there are even other, uh, you know, chat GPT software, you know, plagiarism sites out there. And how they catch instances of plagiarism is through actually analyzing each sentence and saying, you know, this sentence is kind of analytical. It's not really written like a human would. So we're going to say this sentence was probably written by AI. They go through every sentence and they, you know, they give out a very vague, you know, description. This looks like it might have been written by AI, but it could also have been written by a human. I don't really like that approach. I think it's rather unethical, actually, because, you know, what if a student just isn't skilled enough to use metaphors and he kind of writes analytically and now teachers are going to be, you know, putting that paper through that software and saying, oh my God, this student, you know, used ChatGPT plagiarism uh, to write this essay and, uh, you know, the student didn't. Whereas how my software works is we've actually figured out a way to generate ChatGPT essays on the back end based on the student's topic. Let's say I'm writing an essay about World War II and I hand it into my teacher. The teacher will then go to my website, 
and say, you know, the topic is World War II. The software backend writes ChatGPT essays on World War II and then compares the essays it generated to the student submission for similarity. That's a more ethical approach, in my opinion, because you're actually getting concrete data based on what you know the student uploaded and what it generated in the backend, as opposed to just going sentence by sentence. Yeah. So it's less less qualitative and subjective and more quantitative Correct. in a way. Tomer, Every, I need to take, go ahead. Yeah. Finish your thought. Every plagiarism software, like Turnitin, these standard plagiarism softwares, <clears throat> excuse me, that you know check for internet plagiarism, all compare it to a database where these AI ones don't. And mine's the only one that does. And I think that's the only ethical way to go about it. Well, Tomer, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the future of AI and I dare say the future of plagiarism. You're gonna to wanna to stay tuned right here on DRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and called Credit Repair for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit Repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Tomer Tarski. He's the founder of Chat. GPT plagiarism. Try saying that three times fast. Tomer, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Yeah, no problem. 
All right, let's, uh, I guess, just kind of stepping back, and I had a couple of minutes to chat to think about it in between the commercial break. And I guess, what does this say about education? Because this is not just happening in Canada, where you are in the States. This is probably happening all around the world. What does this say about the future of education? The fact that you can go to a, in artificial intelligence and say, hey, write me a paper on World War II or X, Y, and Z. Well, unfortunately, it's going to mean that we're going to see people in job roles that are not qualified to be there because when they were in school, they were using ChatGPT to, you know, get through school. For an example, we might see lawyers who maybe don't understand the law too well because when they were writing their assignments, they had AI do it for them. You know, my whole motivation for this was I don't want to live in a society where doctors and lawyers are only doctors and lawyers because they can use ChatGPT really well. I want a doctor who learns the material and you know knows his stuff or her stuff. And 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 what is there a cat and mouse game? So you come up and and you create this product, uh, this site, and teachers around the planet can really check and say, is this a legitimate paper or was it written by AI? But doesn't the AI software adapt or couldn't it adapt or as open uh, chat GBT is being recoded and changed? How do you adapt? It, to me, it's very similar to like cybersecurity. The hackers right. are adapting every day to what the cybersecurity defenders are doing. So you've got to adapt, I would think. Right. Yeah. It, it's exactly like you said. It's like a cat and mouse game. There's people inventing AI, old forms of AI, and then there's people that are inventing software that says, okay, how are we going to, you know, monitor this to make sure it's not a slippery slope and it gets into the hands of some bad actors. Um, it does change. Like you said, ChatGPT, I think, comes out with a new version every couple of weeks. We have a way in our back end that deals with that issue. We're changing just as fast as they are. Every time they change, we change to make sure we're as accurate as possible. And, and what does this mean? I want to carry this forward to like video. And I, I'm an Indiana Jones fan, fan and right. I saw the, the recent uh, trailer, I think during the Super Bowl here in the States, and Harrison Ford's The Age. But you can use artificial intelligence, and I'm not saying that's what they did. Maybe they did with the case of Lucasfilm and Disney, but you can use this to take Jeff Snyder and make him, put him on the body, put his head on the body of a pro athlete, and it looks like I'm making those throws instead of Tom Brady. I think you're already there. I don't even think you need AI for that. You already look like a pro athlete. Oh, that's so kind of you. That's so yeah, kind of you. Thank you. But 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 seriously, I mean, that is something that, um, does that does that worry you as well that this artificial intelligence could make people say and do things that they didn't say and do, like a politician or a teacher or a student or a, a, a plain TV host like myself? Yeah, for sure. There's already websites out there. I don't remember the name, but there's websites out there that can generate pictures of people that don't exist using AI. And they can do the same thing with politicians and, and anyone. And they can generate, you know, thousands of these pictures and turn it into a video. And what I mean by that is if you think of, a, uh, you know, those flip books, you flip through them and there's an a bunch of images and it looks like the person's moving or doing something. They can similarly do that, you know, with thousands of photos, make it look like a video. And we've already seen there's, you know, vo voice AI recognition out there that can, you know, fake Donald Trump's voice or someone like that. That's already old tech. That's been around for a while. You know, you can put that together and, and for sure there's going to be deep fakes. We're already seeing deep fakes and, you know, things like that. I don't know how people are going to deal with that in the future because I haven't thought about it too much, to be honest. 
but it's definitely going to be a problem. But but you've created this software. This I'm calling it software. It's probably not right. software, but it's coding to detect what is written by AI. Uh, theoretically, you could take that as a template and now look at video and start to pull apart video and then search the web for original video and seeing where things match up and don't, right? I mean, that, that's kind of, I guess, the next generation of your product. Uh, perhaps, I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm more focused on, you know, tackling the, the ed tech market, educational technology um, and different applications there. Um, essays, you know, like I said, you know, discussion posts, you know, things like that. That's what I'm more focused on. But, you know, when that problem comes, when it becomes, you know, a big problem in a few years, I'm definitely going to look into it and see how I can solve that solution. You know, as a full stack developer, we're always, you know, trying to solve problems. Yeah, and this seems like a societal issue. I mean, is there any chance to put the genie back in the bottle or this is like, you know, the internet or the telephone or electricity or running water? This genie doesn't go put in the back in the bottle. So we need to figure out how to deal with it and manage it. Is that is that really the future that we're talking about here? I think as a society, we need to uh, walk before we run. You know, we're inventing these, you know, new things. We really need to think about, do we want this in our world? I think Chad GPT is a net positive on the world, 100%. You know, other AI, for sure, net positive on the world. It can do all these amazing things. But, you know, you have to think about it, you know, where does it go next? You know, what's the next step? You know, we have to be careful how we, how quick we develop this. We really need to think things through. Yeah, really good point. And, and look, I, I wrote my old own term papers in college. That was a long time ago. That was around the time of the internet. I had no idea that this was going to come. You used to be able to buy papers. Not that I bought papers. You could buy papers right, uh, back in the day from site. You probably still can do that now. Um, I had never an inkling in my eye when the internet first came out and I was in college that this would be an issue, but who, who knows? And it, it keeps on continuing to adapt. Tomer, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon, my friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news in lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more and all in one place, Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, we'll visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Tax audits, tax liens, 
wage garnishments. Every day we hear stories like this about good folks who are simply struggling to pay their bills. Each of them are living a frightening IRS tax nightmare, and they are afraid it will destroy their lives. I'm a divorced single mom, and my ex-husband left me and the kids with a lot of unpaid bills, including unpaid taxes. I was really starting to show my stress on my kids because the IRS had sent me a letter demanding a huge payment from me. I couldn't afford it. So then the IRS was threatening to garnish my wages. I'm already living paycheck to paycheck. That would have put me over the edge financially. It truly seemed hopeless, but then a friend at work told her to call the tax relief line. The people at the tax relief line, they told me about something called innocent spouse relief. They worked it out so that all of the taxes from my ex are not my problem. I don't know how that works and, and I don't care. All I care about is that I don't owe the IRS a dime and they are not going to take my paycheck. Even if it seems hopeless, you should call the number on your screen right now. There is absolutely no cost for the call or the consultation. You are under no obligation. If you are worried that the IRS could garnish your wages, seize your assets, even take your home, call us right now. The tax relief line is here to help you. Now you have a knowledgeable, professional team of tax experts that are ready to negotiate with the IRS and fight for you to save you money. The Tax Relief Line's professionals have successfully negotiated thousands of cases, reducing and sometimes even eliminating the tax debt for their clients. It's very easy to get started. Simply call the number on your screen right now. You don't have to live in fear anymore. The call and the consultation are free.